I'm Holly Constant. And I'm Maddie Hockaday. We really love Parks and Rec, and we really love behind-the-scenes details. So we're researching everything from DVD extras like deleted scenes and commentaries. Plus, interviewing cast and crew who actually worked on the show. We also bring on guests and friends to geek out about everything Parks. So join us, you tropical fish. This is literally the best Parks and Rec rewatch podcast. We're your park pals. There's a park and some pals, and there's also therapy, too. Okay, awesome. All right, guys, we are here for Road Trip. This is Insane, Season 3, Episode 14. We've been waiting for a while to get to this. Written by our guy, Harris Whittles, who we love. Reminder, created the Humble Brag uh, Twitter uh, so just be aware of that anytime you use that word. And this was directed by Troy Miller, who we've also seen before. He wrote a bunch of them, Ron and Tammy, Telethon, a bunch of others, and then also the movie Jack Frost, which I mention literally every time he yeah. directs an episode. <laughs> I know. And Sean's usually with us when we do Yeah, because of the Ron and Tammies. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, did, did he also do the pageant or am I crazy? I'm he did crazy. another one that wasn't a Ron and Tammy that he directed, but I don't think it was Beauty Pageant. Okay. It was a different one. It was it but, was another one Sean was there for. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I know. Yeah, that was really ironic that that kept happening. Um, yes, for those of you who are new to the show, we usually have, um, well, not usually, we had a, quite a bit of like guest co-host and Sean Trainer, who did our uh, theme song for the podcast, uh, came on and helped review as well. Um, so we'll start having co-host again, maybe once I start, you know, putting that in the schedule. But yeah, so it's nice um, to just do the two of us sometimes, too. Yeah, it is. Okay, so before we get to the summary, I wanted to do like a little bit of a, I guess... Not a recap, but just like information, I guess. Wikipedia did say there was a little bit of drop in the viewership for this one because remember how we said it was aired back to back with the fight and we had talked about that last week um, or not last week, but last episode. Um, So who knows if that's true, but it does suck for the people that stopped watching because they missed out seeing like a great scene and a great plot point. You missed something that like, yeah, that's going to be important moving forward in the series. Yeah, I saw that it, um, it, we were at 5 million viewers for Eagleton the week before. And then at the fight, they were at like 4.5. And then they dropped to 3.5 for this one. Mm. And I don't know if people just didn't know Parks and Rec was staying on. But usually, I feel like when things air live, when the credits start, don't they start the next episode almost? I don't know. I'm not sure. But I will say I saw that it uh, 9.30 p.m. was the original air time. Mm. And so the other one started at 10 on a weeknight, like, I don't yeah. know. That's not a great time slot for people to stay up if they have to work the next morning or have school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not for, like, a, a new episode. Like, reruns, right. I feel like, that late mm-hmm. are cool because you can, like, fall asleep to them. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it still happens. I mean, there's still shows that come on at 10, but I don't know how well they're doing or if it matters anymore. But anyways. Um Okay, something I do have to mention is that I've been waiting for this episode forever because Jessica St. Clair is in it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the whole like thing, uh, the whole episode is why I've been waiting. But Jessica St. Clair is the mom of Lauren Burkus, a little girl. And it's like so exciting for me because I'm so obsessed with her and um, June Diane Rayfield's podcast called The Deep Dive. Um, and Je- uh, June, Ray- uh, June Diane Rayfield was on Grace and Frankie, but also she plays um, Tinnifer 
in the Eagleton merge. Mm -hmm. So um, for people that weren't familiar, but I highly recommend the deep dive. It's very similar slash like in our same vein as far as like therapy and just like friendship and making sure that we're like checking in with um, what's happening in our lives kind of thing. Um, And anyway, it's like not an ad at all, but I just thought it was like really cool to, you know, (laughs) see her um, super like mentally stimulating. They also talk about pickleball a lot if you're into that kind of thing. Like June Diane Raphael has a pickleball court in her backyard. (laughs) That's really cool. I've never played, but it sounds like a blast. Yeah, it's like the fastest growing sport in the entire world right now. It's crazy. Wow. Okay, yeah. I got to get into it. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm going to do just the quick breakdown of her character right now because I I don't, you know, I just want to do it now and then we'll talk about the actual scene when we get there. Um, But basically, she's an actress, writer, podcast host, producer, obviously all the things. Um, She was in Bridesmaids, for those of you who don't know. She's out of my league, Wanderlust. And now she's in a show called Avenue 5 on HBO with Hugh Laurie, who was House. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I really like it. I've only watched the first like three episodes. I, I believe there's two seasons right now. But basically, it's kind of what I wanted Space Force to be, to be honest. It's very interesting because Avenue 5 is a spacey show. Basically, it's like a cruise ship, but it's in space. And um, it's not a spoiler because it's the literal first uh, episode. But basically, they like get off track of their orbit and they are going to be stuck in space for like six months to three years to who knows how long they were supposed to be in there. Um, so, and it's really interesting and it's, and I say it's what I wanted Space Force to be, but it's not like Space Force, I think is more about like military kind of like fun, Mm -hmm. poking fun at that kind of government situation, but this is different. Um, but Josh Gad is in it and, um, the guy who I can't remember the Star Trek name, but the Star Trek movies, I'm pretty sure he was in maybe. Uh, Actually, I don't know. Zach. Is his name Zach? Maybe that's not him, actually. You know the guy in the office? It's not. Maybe, actually. The guy in the office who did the ad for... for Dunder Mifflin, the white guy. So there was a white guy yeah. and an Asian guy. It's the yeah. white guy that's okay. in Avenue 5. He looks so similar yeah. to the to Chris Star Pine. Trek guy, I feel. <laughs> is that yeah. who you're thinking about? Yeah. Okay. I guess it is. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he's great. Um, but so I'd highly recommend watching Avenue 5. But she also wrote her own show. Jessica St. Clair wrote her own show with Lennon Parham, who was also on Parks and Rec. Lennon was the one, for those of you who don't remember, in like the first season that was like if you don't come to this meeting you don't love your kids and then she's like you know goes to the Mm -hmm. meeting and gets all wild um and then but like her and Lennon are like BFFs and they have a show that they produce together called Playing House and there was one called Best Friends Forever or BFF um and she told this hilarious story about it on her podcast I'm not gonna go into it because it's long but um she's also like a UCB queen and everything so um so when June Diane comes on I will do a similar um deep dive I did message Jessica St. Clair because I know that she checks her Instagram messages and stuff um Especially if you're a fan of the podcast and you talk about it. So hopefully she'll message me back. But if she doesn't, I will message her through her agents, hopefully. (laughs) That'd be great. That's awesome. Yeah. And she does such a great job in this episode. So yeah, she's awesome. Um, But anyway, okay. So that's everything I have before the summary. Perfect. Summary. Okay. Things are heating up in Indiana. 
Chris tasks Leslie and Ben to a road trip to Indianapolis to try and get the state Little League championship to be held in Pawnee. Being in close proximity makes it harder for Ben and Leslie to keep their feelings for each other hidden, and they're going to have to make a big decision. Meanwhile, with Leslie not in the office to hold down the fort, Tom decides to utilize the Parks and Rec staff to try out his new No Yo Boo game, (laughs) which creates trouble in paradise for April and Andy. And Ron teaches a little girl about the government. Nice. Uh, oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts on all the things. Yes, I was going to say all my thoughts right now, but we'll just <laughs> we'll just get into it. <laughs> There's a one more note, bef- not that it super matters, but one more note that I had um, mm-hmm. that I wrote underneath my summary with, with the viewership that um, Parks and Rec was outperformed by men- the Mentalist and Private Practice, mm. which just and I don't know if I'm uh, an outlier here. Uh, it kind of reminds me of how Steve Carell never won an Emmy and I couldn't mm. name like any of the other shows that were her happening at the same time. You know, yeah. it's like I probably wouldn't go back and watch The Mentalist or Private Practice, but like everybody, I feel like everybody, at least everybody who's listening to this, they, they're willing to go back and rewatch Parks and Rec. So I feel like viewership right. isn't like the end all be all. It's definitely not like that has been proven time and time and again. People love their procedural shows, though. They just love yeah, them. I can't. I can't even you know. watch Grey's Anatomy. Really? But I thought you liked Law and Order though, or CSI. Was uh, it CSI? Maybe it's CSI. No, yeah, I like or like Criminal, Criminal Minds. Minds. I love Criminal Minds. Oh yeah, Criminal Minds is great. But it's like anything that's and, and the Mentalist. I've been told I would have I would like the Mentalist because it's kind of a psychology type mm. idea. But like the doctor shows, I can't watch. Oh, interesting. Is there yeah. a reason for it? Blood. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yuckies. Yeah. <laughs> Grace, I feel like, doesn't show it as much, but some of these, like, firefighter shows definitely show it. It's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. No, I, the first, I walked into, on my mom watching Grey's Anatomy once, and I just sat on the bed with her, and this guy's skull was, like, bashed in the back, and I was like, uh, peace out. I can't. Okay. I had to Hi, leave. thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh. But, that's crazy. Anyway, Yeah, just but that's a good note. point. I mean, definitely, um, I, I didn't really watch The Mentalist or any other shows so uh uh, that you mentioned um so parks is winning anyway so it's fine Mm -hmm. but no shade to them i mean i did have shade but i didn't mean it okay (laughs) (laughs) anyway all right this cold open um love this so much ben and leslie are basically flirting about government topics while ann is sitting right there but it's totally harmless technically because they're talking about government work it's like this year over year cost and cost analysis like you're so welcome i was thinking about you when i wrote it (laughs) because i asked to see it i'm like oh my gosh um adam scott he looks so smitten I know. You know he acts it so well. Like you're, you're like kind of like, are they actually in love? Because they totally like, they play it so well. He loves talking to her and just being around her, and she loves it too. Their faces are so sensual. I laughed out loud though. Speaking of Adam Scott's acting, like I laughed out loud when Anne says hi, Ben, and he turns around and gives her that look of like, oh, I didn't hi. know you were here. Hi, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. Rashida in this scene too this is just a top notch scene to me because the acting because Rashida also is giving Leslie like some like totally facial expressions while she and Ben are doing their cute little thing yes all three of them oh yeah it's so good I really want Leslie's jacket I want her Parks and Rec jacket jacket. I thought that was cute yeah Yeah. I mean I've seen her wear it before but I don't know why this time I was just like I want that So maybe I'll have to see if they sell any. Yeah. No, it looks comfy. I sh- I'm sure so you can buy one somewhere. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. For sure. 
Um, well, Anne says that they need to avoid this one-on-one tensiony conversation moments um, so they can like keep it together. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Chris saying that he's sending Ben and Leslie on this trip together alone. Yeah, which I thought Anne's advice was very sound because she's she's like pro Leslie and Ben, mm-hmm. but you know Leslie is like I can't because my my job, and so she's like okay, this is how you solve it. Yeah. And of course, Christopher has to it's have his like, dynamic duo. Yeah, I think it's like, I don't know. Anne's um, advice is so like weird for me because like there's no way you can avoid it. Like the, I see what she's saying, but there's mm. like you. We just saw that even talking about government, <laughs> there's no way they're gonna yeah. like stop being tensiony. I think but it was I, more I the one-on-one saying. thing, right? Is like having another yeah. person there. I guess that's fair. But again, we see that like Anne's there, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I know, but at least they're not going to kiss in front of Anne. Is what I'm oh, I guess like. That's what true. I think it's the point gonna be, like, is, they're not going to. Yeah, they're not going to like cross the the physical boundary. Like they crossed okay. the emotional boundary so long ago. Yeah, that's I think it's true. the physical, which we pr- is proven at the end. Correct. Okay, got it. Because Chris mm-hmm. isn't there. Okay. Yes. Okay. This helps. Yeah. I I also <sighs> like before we we move into the um the next scene. Uh, I love. The Benjamin Leslieman. Oh my gosh, yes, that's a great so line, <laughs> Leslieman. Oh, so good. Um, so we learned that, like you said in your summary, that this trip is about having the Indiana Little League games, um, being hosted, hopefully being hosted in Pawnee because it hasn't been hosted there in forever. Um, so he's sending them to persuade them, this crew or this like board or whatever, to make a presentation on why it should be in Pawnee. Um, I thought Adam Scott did such a great job in this. Like, I really feel like we haven't done VIP in a really long time. Um, very important or VIPP rather (laughs) in a very long time. But I really feel like Adam Scott's up there with this one because he has a lot of subtle looks to both Leslie and the camera. It's not, because like most of the time it's just to camera but I feel like in this episode he had so many great moments of just looking at Leslie and being like oh god what are we gonna do you know what yeah. I mean it was really subtle and not like over the top which was you know very realistic and lifelike yeah I agree with that that's I, I'm, I'm totally on board with him being a very important yeah a very important park pal yes VIPP <laughs> um, Chris says that they're the, di- the dynamic duo and is trying to get them to fist bump and it's like super awkward. Yeah. Hated it. Yeah. Yeah. This is another little moment for me where Chris is just forcing shit to happen and I'm like. I know. So oblivious to everything. Yeah, he really is. His heart's in the right place. I know. I know. <laughs> um, okay. Now I'm at Leslie's house if you are. Yes. Okay. And I love Um, that they're going through their closet together again. I know. Well, my thing is what's so weird. What I wrote down, to be honest, is like, why is Leslie going to Anne's house to get something unsexy? Thank you. I literally, (laughs) I could could send you my notes right now. I'm so sorry. I just hit my mic while I was talking. No, (laughs) no. I, because I got too excited. (laughs) I have the same note. I said, interesting, because I could put, I would put Leslie's clothes as less sexy. Literally. I was like, she could literally wear what she's wearing right now and that that would be less sexy yeah. than anything in Anne's house. Well, and did you see the amount of high-heeled shoes they had out? Like, I did. Are you trying to take him to bed? Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> Scandalous. Well, and this yeah. like pretty woman dress was freaking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She has that. <laughs> I do I wonder love- if it was hol- for Halloween. I wonder. If- oh, maybe. Because I can't picture Anne being like, I'm going to go out to on the town and having her like belly yeah. like completely exposed like that. 
I know. Yeah. I thought it was really funny, too. Like, the, or not funny. Well, I guess funny, too. I think it was really cool and cohesive because they had her um, wearing something kind of like, not revealing, but kind of like, you know, sexy as well. A little, yeah, um, a little sexier than what she usually wears because you can see her bra through the mm-hmm. shirt. Yeah. yeah, it's like that sheer kind of shirt with the black bra underneath. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, and work. But also, yeah. Leslie, um, if that's what she wears, just like hanging out with you, then. <laughs> and also, she's going on <laughs> I don't all think these you're going to find what you need. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was really funny. I do love Anne's confidence, though, when she's I like, I look too. really good in it. Like, it's I, really nice to see that. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I had this little moment because Leslie says, I need a. Um, I need a sweatsuit or something. And I thought of the swoot from New Girl. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. I don't know New Girl well enough to, like, remember things like that or quote it. But now that you say it, that was a Schmidt thing, right? Or no? Schmidt and Nick invented it. And they took it to uh, the lady who's in Shark Tank. One of the ladies. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Sorry, but that's what what I thought of. Suit The sweatsuit. Sweatsuit. That's literally what Leslie says, which is why I was like, the swoot. She could wear the swoot. Well, J.J. Philbin is married to Mike Schur, so and J.J. Philbin is very, yeah, hey. in, like, uh, what you call it, a writer for New Girl, so they could have had a little, you know, pillow talk little about moment. this. A little moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <sighs> Although, I think the New Girl episode came after this, but this could have birthed oh. the invention. Are we connecting worlds? Maybe we are. Who knows? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but so now she needs unsexy, boring topics. So I thought that these were so funny, like history of the ladder dorms at John Hopkins University or the Sonicare booklet that she could read from. <laughs> these are so random. <laughs> They're so random. And the other note I had with them was... Not only are these unsexy topics, but they're also very clearly you trying to not talk about other shit. Mm-hmm. Because who wants to learn about the history of the latter? That's like, true. I mean, for funsies, you know, I don't right. know. I just, these are like, why? And then yeah. Anne has one of one of my favorite lines. I had like two that I'm struggling to choose between, but I love her. I have a good idea. Why don't you ask him about his penis? <laughs> I love that so much. There is a blooper that I recorded for us um, because they laughed a lot during that one. Um, How can you not? How can you not? And so I just like I wanted to I was going to combine all the bloopers that I found um, from this episode into one. But then I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and um, just do it one by one. So let me let me share this with you. What about his penis? (laughs) Should I talk to him about it? Yeah. I should talk to him about something he's interested in. Right, like his penis. <laughs> I just think it's so cute to hear them laugh together. Yeah, I know, and to like kind of work around with the um, with the verbiage of it, right? Yes. Like it's not it's not the same every time. Exactly. That was something that they had a lot of freedom to just kind of try on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Which they didn't cool. have to like cut every time. Yeah, so that was very precious. I know it's really short, but I thought it was cute. Yes, I'm glad you shared it. It was worth it. And I like that. Um, yeah, I can't. I don't know. I I don't really have a ton of like favorite lines. So well, I'll think of one as we go. But I mean, not saying that I don't have favorite lines. It's just like there was a lot of stuff going on. There was like mm-hmm. really huge uh, like B stories and really huge. Like, yeah. uh, like, I don't know. I feel like everything was really important in this one. So anyway, um, 
back at the office, Chris is playing around on um, a or Chris Pratt is playing around on April's office phone, which really took me back to that episode where um, April asks Andy to listen to the phone while she goes to the bathroom because everyone else is hunting and mm-hmm. they weren't even dating yet. It just gave me so many like good memories and good vibes. Yeah, you know that's what I cute. mean? I wonder you? if you know oh, uh, if this was uh, improvised his Pawnee Zoo monkey speaking or if the, if that oh, was written. I don't know. It didn't say. It, it could definitely be like I can see it being a Chris Pratt original. Yeah, yeah. But I could see it being written too. Right. Yeah. I but. don't know. I didn't find anything in my research on that one. Yeah. Um. But did you notice there's a folder on April's desk that looks legit with like a business card paper clipped on it, and it says OMFG on it. The folder does, or there's <laughs> the like big, a post-it. No, the on big it folder says, is literally typed out saying OMFG. I'll take a picture and post it. But I was like, Oh my gosh, how did that make it in? <laughs> That's crazy. Unless I'm like, I don't know, unless I'm like reading it wrong. But no, that's a thing. So I highlighted it so that I can um, post it. But anyway, um, Tom asks everyone to follow him and says there's no boss today because Leslie is gone. And I love when Ross makes uh, Ross. Oh, my God. Ron. (laughs) Ross friends. Been watching Ross friends. Love when Ron makes this comment that he's the boss. But then he shrugs at the end. Like, yeah, you're right. I'm not really. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, it's fair. Right. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. And he's playing darts anyway. Like, he he's has darts good. in his hand. He's not, yeah. 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 He's not here for it today. But um, Tom is doing this game show, like you said in the summary. He's not calling it Newlyweds. He's calling it No Ya Boo. I love that so much. I did, <laughs> too. Loves- I thought that was really good. good. It's such a good character thing. He always uses the word boo. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's very Tom. I want to know who... Uh, who he talked to and what reason he gave to the room schedulers that gave him the press conference conference oh, room. Oh yeah, interesting. Because this is the the press conference room where Leslie gets her boob touched. Yeah. And it's where they often hold like uh meetings with the right. city manager and like all the department heads. So I'm yeah. like because they have the conference room, they could have done it in there. But That's he was true. like, "No, we got to go grander." And I doubt anybody gave him permission to use that room for no you boo <laughs> yeah i think that's probably right or i mean he probably he could have like put it under some other like guise of another meeting but like it could mm-hmm. just be i i don't know in my head it's just empty and he just goes in there like you said you know what i mean yeah that's fair i don't know how that works i mean i where i work now you have to schedule rooms so that's mm-hmm. why i think my head was like yeah yeah thinking that through yeah <laughs> anyway tom doesn't care yeah <laughs> Um, his comment about everyone stealing everything is, like, so true. Um, I feel as far as, like, everything is just influenced by another thing. However, I will say the first part of his sentence, love can't buy a thing, being based on can't buy me love is true, but the Kramer mm-hmm. versus Kramer and Shakespeare thing is wrong. <laughs> Correct. Kramer versus Kramer is a legal drama, so it has right. absolutely nothing to do with the rom- rom-com can't buy me right. love. Did you know that, because um, I thought about this when he said that, that um, 10 Things I Hate About You is based on the Shakespeare play um, Taming of the Shrew? Yeah. Which is so crazy. I think it that is. everything, there's a lot of Shakespearean um, plays that are adapted into like modern times, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes, it, it again lends its hand to what Tom's saying. I mean, mm-hmm. Connor was telling me, my brother, he was telling me something like, there's only two or three movies coming out this year that aren't a sequel or derived off oh, of yeah. a book or something else like that. Yeah. Um, so 
or history. And I mean, like Oppenheimer, he said Oppenheimer is one of the ones that isn't a sequel or um, it's a new Chris Nolan one, but mm-hmm. it's it's historical. So it's like even the movies that are being made that are like new are still like off of something that's already happened, which I, I'm totally fine with because I love the historical stuff. But it is really hard to find like new ideas now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. Yep, and all like musicals being based on books or TV shows or whatever. Not all mm-hmm. of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. Um, did you know that Top Gun was nominated for Best Picture for the, the new one? Yes. Oh god. I was like, oh god, that's like some Scientology shit. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. I mean, I watched I b- some behind the scenes of him doing his stunts, and it is. I can respect that. It is really insane, yeah. like his stunts, um, like he, that he does all of them. But I was yeah. like, I have respect for his craft. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. There, anyway. There yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, oh my gosh, I like this too. You might have noticed it, but April has like a Stanley line, the shove I it up your butt. I wrote the same thing. <laughs> I literally say, shove it up your butt, hashtag Stanley. <laughs> yes, that is so funny. Maybe that uh, that was like really popular at the time. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, could have been. Yeah, I have no idea. There's little uh, trends like, I know you are, but what am I? Like that come, right. you know, that come around. Exactly. But basically, uh, Tom is testing out. I like that he says, I'm testing this game out on you four bing bongs. I I was like, excuse me, sir. (laughs) I know, right? First of all, everyone's facial expressions. Love it. Like, Donna's like, like, you really calling us bing bongs right now? And Jerry's rolling his eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And Jerry's rolling his eyes looking at Donna. And and Andy has no idea what's going on. Uh, And... uh, that's super rude. And then he says, and then I'm going to do it later better with more with attractive like more people. Tra- I'm like, these people don't have to be here. I know. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yep. But for whatever <sighs> reason, they're staying. They're so crazy. Yeah. But yes, it's so funny to see Tom do that. Um, I love all the different TV networks, especially Slurp, yeah. Slurp Latin, Slurp HD, Ultimate Battle Smoothie. That yes. was so funny to me. And I feel like even though it's not real, none of those are real. Right. I feel like even if they are real in the Parks and Rec world, they are only real in Pawnee. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're Pawnee networks that. in yes. my brain. Yes. Yeah. I like that um, Tom is like, that's a dope show. <laughs> I just think it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's so good. It's a little bonding moment between, between Tom and Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Everyone can bond over TV shows, I feel. Th- no, this is true. Yeah. I know. Um, so now we're in the car with Leslie and Ben, if you are. Yes. Okay. And, um, Leslie's talking about the dorms, as she said she would. And I love Ben's of like, Ben's line of like, oh, did you go to Johns Hopkins? She's like, no. (laughs) She doesn't even explain it. She just says, yeah. Why? Like, girl. I know. (laughs) And I like, what, what can be so amazing about the John Hopkins dorms yeah that yeah. makes it spe- more special than any other school i think she went to indiana university in I, the show I, yeah i think I, you're I right. thought because yeah you're right i feel like she does a speech there later yeah i think that you're right so um yeah why not talk about theirs i don't know i don't know it, <laughs> i i think that she just i don't know man it was really funny i was listening to the parks and recollection podcast as well and they were like mm-hmm. they didn't have an answer as to like why they brought up john johns hopkins like because like I don't know if anyone even went there. It was just like an idea. 
yeah. And that was my other question was like, I wonder if anybody went there. But I know no, that like Mike Schur didn't go there and Greg Daniels didn't go there. And Right. Most of the writers in that room were Harvard people. And yeah. so <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I guess the idea was just to be as random as humanly possible. Yeah. Which <laughs> and is not fair. like talk about. I don't know. I'm reading way too deep into it, but like not talk about your own experiences because then you might bond over something personal. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. No, you know what? But that's fair. I really like that. That theology. Like, I'm not going to bring up something that's close to me because. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then we might get closer and deeper. <laughs> well, and we see what happens with that later. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Also, I was going to ask you really quickly. Didn't we discover that Pawnee was only like an hour, hour and a half from Indianapolis? I don't know if we ever technically discovered. I think we did the math in our head and we were like, it's only like an hour and a half, two hours away. Yeah, because there was somewhere else when they went to Indianapolis and it just wasn't that long. So I thought it was Mm -hmm. funny that they were calling it a road trip. However, I have taken road trips. Not well, not road trips. I have taken um, like car rides that are an hour long with people that I don't necessarily like know that well. And I Mm -hmm. guess it does technically get long uh depending on you know if you have a tensiony moment you know what i mean which yeah. is kind of what's going on here but when they yeah, said road trip longer. yeah i was expecting it to be like at least three hours but i think no, it's yeah. only like an hour or so yeah it's not that long i think it's the it's the um fact of the matter that they're going to a city together that by themselves like, in a car where they can't escape yeah you were stuck in a car for three hours with my husband oh yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> I know, but that, it, but, but it made me think of it because you guys true. knew each other, but you weren't like, you didn't yeah. talk all the time, you know? Right. So Yeah, it does funny. depend on the person for sure. Because like if you can make conversation slash, I think it depends on two things. One, if you can make conversation and two, if you're cool with silence, which like yeah. lately I've been very cool with that. I don't know what's happening. I'm about it. But no. I'm just like, uh, that's fine. We don't have to. Talk. I yeah. used to be so different. I was like, we have to fill every single second with mm-hmm. something. <laughs> yeah. But I think yeah, our brains really are nice. just getting tired and it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and know? I'm just like, I don't know. I just feel like it, um, that stemmed from me wanting everyone to like me. And now mm. I don't care. <laughs> well, you know? and that's funny because I was literally just going to say, I think when we can sit in silence, there's a comfort level there of I'm happy with just being in my own thoughts. Like yeah. I don't need to be, I don't need to be vibing off someone. Right. So. I don't know. It's right. so now now that we're thinking about this because the the road trip aspect, sometimes there's trainings down in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um and I've never been like, "Oh, I want to see if one of my coworkers will road trip with me." Not that I don't like them. Yeah. But it's like an hour and a half. Yeah. It's like I don't want to be entertaining you the whole I time. I know. <laughs> I know. And also, I mean, I guess we're like totally just going off the deep end with this tangent but at the same time also like I my mom and I talk about this all the time like when we are asked to ride with people it's just like Mm. sometimes it's nice to just have your own like way to leave your own Mm -hmm. way to get there you don't have to depend on anyone else it's just like you might have something before or after or maybe you just want to be by yourself like it's nice to just be in control of that you know yeah 100% I agree with that yeah, but yeah. the point is, this is so not what Ben and Leslie's situation is. However, Correct. if they could have r- ridden separately, maybe they should have. <laughs> Why did yeah. they suggest that? <laughs> oh, I wonder if this is a company car. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're, tangent. You're right. No, you're right. Um, but anyway, the point is that being in a car together with this tension slash, you know, whatever, nervousness uh, is sucky if it's like over 30 minutes. So, 
Yeah. That's that. And Ben suggests music. And Leslie says her and Anne burned an awesome CD for the trip. And before we talk about the things on the CD, I had such a flashback of burning CDs for people in high school or asking to have a CD burned for me. I used to make playlists all the time because Spotify wasn't like an actual thing. You could make playlists. And it was so fun for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I used to make um, I used to make play- playlists on iTunes and mm-hmm. then you could burn it on the disc from iTunes. Yep. Yep, that's yeah. that. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And yep. and she has um, her MacBook open, and she has that huge stack of blank CDs and blank um, CD covers or whatever. And yep. it just was such a old tech, Throwback. I guess. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> crazy. I remember when the Paramore, um, one of the Paramore uh, albums came out in high school, and my mm. one friend had had the record, and like everybody was asking her to burn it for everyone else, and. Uh, like that must have been annoying but it was just funny and I you know I would like make mixtapes for friends or whatever it was just funny yeah that's cool come up with like fun names for them so oh yeah that was a cool little a cool little moment a little memory lane moment but love it the things on the list are one of the first things um is Jimmy Carter's crisis of confidence speech I did a whole deep dive on this Good for you, because once I found out that it was a speech on the Nash, the nation's energy crisis, I was like, that's all I need to know. It's Jimmy Carter, right? <laughs> yes, Jimmy Carter. Because okay. mm-hmm. I was like, what? what is this crisis that you're speaking of? I understand mm-hmm. that it's the energy thing, but what is crisis of confidence? What are you talking about here? And mm-hmm. it's just fascinating. I was talking with my friend about this the other day um, because we were talking about Germany and, and how I just learned so many historical things. And it's just really fascinating to me that in you know when we're actually learning these things and it's supposed to be like getting graded on it and everything you're so not interested but as you get older it's so fascinating to learn like where we've been and what all the historical significance is significant i wanted to say like uh, the plural version of that significances yeah sure (laughs) significant sigh (laughs) (laughs) of like all of these incredible um, moments in history so basically um, I read the whole speech I'm just going to give you like a Cliff's Notes little moment Um, basically he went to Camp David which is really funny because that comes back as well for um, Andy saying Camp David Mm -hmm. later in the series Um, but anyway he went to Camp David to talk about this with American citizens and his whole goal was to talk to the regular people of America not just politicians Um, and he this side note this was uh, this speech was on July 15th 1979 Um. And you are right. It was about the energy crisis. Um, It was a really powerful speech, I feel. He gave he goes on um, to give six points about how you can, as a nation, preserve energy and how he's going to mobilize the government to save and make sure that we're getting our oil from here and not from the Middle East. Because a lot of it's also about joining together for the common good and making sure our poorest citizens are also taken care of. Because at this point, the inflation prices were insane, much like they are now, like with Mm -hmm. gas and everything. And I just thought it was very Leslie Nope because it was very um, which you know obviously that's why it's probably in here but um, he promises like he keeps saying it's not going to be easy but we can't keep taking the short term um, answer we have to you know do the hard shit and we can't just band-aid it Um, so I just thought it was really interesting and um, I also okay the crisis of confidence thing this is where I looked it up Um, I'm just gonna will you like hate me if I I read you like a section of the speech <laughs> yes, Holly. I will hate you if I have to listen. No, of course. Okay, you Do guys, it. if you but need I to just skip wanna... ahead 15 yeah. seconds, that's fine. <laughs> 
I just want to clarify. So mm-hmm. he did this speech at Camp David. It wasn't like a public service announcement. No, it was. It was. He went. Oh. it was. Um, he went to Camp David first to talk to people, and then he came back with the information that he received at Camp David and made this public service announcement. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, okay. So, little um, section. Uh, From this speech. So I want to speak to you first tonight about a subject even more serious than energy or inflation. I want to talk to you right now about a fundamental threat to American democracy, not Mm -hmm. our political and civil liberties. They will endure. And I do not refer to the outward strength of America, a nation that is at peace tonight everywhere in the world with unmatched economic power and military might. The threat is nearly invisible in ordinary ways. It is a crisis of confidence. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart heart and soul and spirit of our national will. We can see the crisis in the growing doubt about the meaning of our own lives and the loss of a unity of purpose of our nation. The erosion of our confidence in the future is threatening to destroy the social and political fabric of America. So that is where the crisis of confidence part comes in. Basically, people were losing hope that America had any faith in our nation or Mm -hmm. in our government because i mean it's still happening now um and this was more of like a rally to the troops but like where everybody thought like dc slash politicians are like a separate island from like the actual real people of america that are having to pay the prices of all these things um so he really wanted it to be combined and I, i did appreciate that he has six points about how they can preserve energy and like actually make this work and the money that he was gonna do uh or like fund with like came with a um, plan yeah instead of just saying whatever we you know but problem. i thought that i had no idea that like that i just i thought it, i don't know why i just had no idea that that's what the crisis was was like we're losing confidence in america and that's what the whole speech was yeah, and to people that yeah um and to people that like maybe know more about history this is probably like annoying or whatever but i didn't know so i learned i'm learning a lot Yes. So it's interesting. It's not sexy. That's for sure is the point. (laughs) No, it's definitely not sexy. (laughs) No. So to have to listen to that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Funny. So that's that. Um, The next thing is learning to speak Mandarin. And I was wondering if you had caught any of the words or if you remembered anything. Yeah, I have it written down uh, later. Oh, okay. Because I'm well, and I wrote it in Mandarin. In my oh okay because Alan Yang was saying that like there's some weird um because he's trying to learn Mandarin as well and he was saying there's some like different um like pronunciations and vocabulary words um huh. but the other thing uh was 16 minutes of old timey car horn and banjo boogie bonanza <laughs> I, I just the 16 minute car horn thing I, I think know I, I that's a really long time. And some people have that set as their alarms. That's triggering. That's true. Uh, oh my gosh. I that's so interesting you said that. Recently I've changed my alarms to like something more soft and gentle. Mm. Oh my gosh, I can't even handle how different it is to wake you up. You like to it something. better? I like it so much better. Because I feel like someone's like screaming at me and I'm just like, shut mm. the fuck up. Yeah. And <laughs> now when I'm like woken up with something it's because of Brooklyn, my sister, she's the one that had that I, I like heard something and it was like so nice and sweet. And I was like, oh, I would wake up to that instead. It just starts your day off way more. Well, for me anyway, it starts your day yeah. off way better than like someone screaming you, at you. And you don't feel like you're, you have trouble fall, like waking up with it? No, because I still hear it. Um, okay. 
Yeah, I still hear it. Um, I I clicked snooze regardless of what the sound was, but now it's like it's a little bit more of an easing into it, like mm-hmm. where I'm, as opposed to like wake up now, and I'm just like, Ugh, stop yelling at me. Yeah, that's how I feel so. with my alarm. But, but some people need that. Some people really yeah. need you to like be scared, and you're like, oh god, I gotta get up immediately. Yeah. I just feel like it starts your day off like with your nervous system all in a jumble. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. I can see that. I'm gonna have to try the soft. I just never felt like I was gonna be able to, because um, sometimes I sleep really hard, especially mm-hmm. like if I'm struggling with insomnia and I don't fall asleep till like three mm-hmm. or four in the morning. Like I'm pretty dead to the world when my alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, yeah, I'll have to I'll yeah have to try it. I definitely recommend experimenting with it because there are some that are like in the middle. They're not quite the car horn thing, but they're not yeah. quite like you know chimes. <laughs> you know, it's like somewhere right. in the middle. Yeah. Nice um, little balance. I also, with the car horn thing, the other ha- thing I had is uh-huh. that could be so dangerous. Oh, yeah, that's Like true. when you're driving and it just all of a sudden, like, uh, yeah, I would freak out while I was driving. That's true. Just like uh. when songs have sirens in it. That should be illegal. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I love Ben's line of um, the, the the banjo thing. Like, I didn't realize it could be this be loud. So loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not uh, my it's not my favorite instrument. It's not my least favorite instrument. Yeah, it's uh, tricky. It's tricky because yeah. it can it's, be used it has in so many different ways. You know, you know, you know. When I love it is Alison Krauss's mm. um, album that she did with Robert Plant. Oh, okay, okay. I'll have to there's listen some, to that. There's there's some. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you haven't, li- oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like it's, it's one good. of those, just like um, many country instruments, but I guess instruments in general, like um, it reminds me of like the pedal steel, like um, the they can be used in so many different ways. Like it doesn't, those are primarily what you would think of as bluegrass instruments, but they can be used in a lot of like other genres that make them sound mm-hmm. like way cooler in my head. <laughs> yeah. Mumford so. and Sons uses a banjo and it sounds and the great. the banjo is fucking hard, bro. It like, is, that's man. a hard instrument to me. I think, because it's all about picking. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, anyway. so if you're like a finger picker on the guitar, it's probably more attainable. Yeah. but yeah. I think of um, Andy from The Office. <laughs> yeah. Or um, Ed Helms, just Damn. in general. Yeah. Um, okay, oh, so now Helms. I'm back at The Office, if you are. Yeah. Um, yes, and it's empty. Yes, there's this little girl that comes in because she's on a school trip and she has to interview someone. Um, I don't understand, like why she's walking in by herself did they just let her go let let all the students just be by themselves because <laughs> i feel like i didn't see a teacher well because in the back when you can see behind her <coughs> there's people walking like mm-hmm. a group of people so i think they kind of just said like pick an office like mm. city hall knows we're coming today pick an office and i'll come check in on everybody but like it's it, you know Okay. Maybe she was just watching everybody walk in. I I'm concerned about this this trip, but that's that was the <laughs> rational yeah piece in my sense. head. Yeah. Okay, yeah, to, that's a good way to phrase it. Is the, like City Hall knows, but obviously Ron wouldn't know because he doesn't listen. So okay. he doesn't that, read the memos. Yeah, and April okay. didn't take the phone call. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. That's helpful. Um, now we're doing the game show. It's time to know ya boo. It's time to know ya boo. Also, oh my God. Um, there was a little bit of a, not a deleted scene, but just like, I think some alts here. And I wanted to play it for you really fast. Yes. I don't have the instrumental backing track yet, but it's the same boo right there. It's time to know ya. What's that? I said, we're doing it tonight. 
Asking the questions, seeing the answers, it's time. No. Boo, boo, boo. It's time to know your boo. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> That was, that was weird. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so great. I just thought that was so funny because yeah. it's like he he is so good at creating those little oh, like yeah. stings. I feel the, the very beginning sounded the most um, game showy to me. The very mm-hmm. first little tag. Yeah. yeah, and I also love that long mic that he has. Like I can imagine him ripping that off like the podium or something and using that like yep. as a prop. Oh my god. Yeah. 100%. And the CGI puppy co-host, Bobby the Boo. <laughs> I love that so Bobby much. the Boo. That might be so one good. of my favorite lines. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I don't know. Bobby the Boo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I love that Jerry and Donna are matched up here. Mm-hmm. I think it also is like a really nice nod to in the beginning of the series, they weren't considered regulars, right? Yes. And so, so they weren't on the screen a lot. So we can assume they were like working together or, you know, so it, it's cute. I like this little... I like this little relationship, even though it, it kind of tears Andy and April apart a little bit. I know. It's so crazy. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point that they like weren't technically regulars. Um, but yeah, Jerry and Donna are crushing it and April and Andy are struggling. It ca- mm. it does kind of suck that Andy like is so self-centered, I guess, at this moment that he doesn't even self-centered, I guess, isn't the right word. But it is kind of at the end of the day what's happening. Like he doesn't even remember April talking about Neutral Milk Hotel like a hundred times. And I don't know what. <laughs> I was kind of on April's side, weirdly, in this moment. I um, 100%. I agree with you. I'm I'm a little torn. I think we're being childish, mm-hmm. both of us, yeah, in this moment because there is a better way. I feel like April could have could have handled everything, but at the same time, I agree with her. Like, yeah. yes, your boyfriend has a band, but he's a Pawnee band. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you know, I as much as you know if. If Ivan was in a band, he would still respect the fact that I would, you know, I would want to listen to Jack White or whatever, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, it's like, it's okay. It's also okay that you like other people other than Mouse Rat. Like, you don't have to solely listen to Mouse Rat Mm -hmm. to be a supportive wife. And that's kind of what it, what it feels like. I did, I did feel like she didn't necessarily have to say you're not technically a rock star. Yeah, that part was rough. (laughs) Like, it could have been cool if it was like, well, I get to sleep with you all the time. I wanted to, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. branch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, totally. I mean, at that point, it's just like, if I've told you a hundred times to, like, listen to them or, like, mm. and you don't know the name of the person that I have mentioned 1,000 times when I go to all of your fucking shows and you practice at our house and all that stuff, like, yeah. that's really annoying to me. But well, and I do hear that about, like, not saying, you know, like, well, you're not the wording. a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I agree with you because especially for April – there's so much underneath her surface mm-hmm, that I feel like we is. don't even ever realize. Yeah. And this is the person who's supposed to want to know all that beneath the surface stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but like if I tell you different parts of my life, what music I was listening to, I feel like it's really telling. Yeah. And so I think she, in a way she's trying to share herself with him without having to be so explicit mm. about what's going on and, and yeah. him 
disregarding that is right is is upsetting for her like to most to some people who listen to this probably are like it's just her favorite band like but i think it's more than that to april yeah yeah well and also i mean it'd be one thing if they had like talked about it and they had come to this like not that everything has to be a huge conclusion but if like you've Mm -hmm. accepted okay he he just doesn't like that band that's fine he he doesn't get it whatever but at least like that like andy should be remembering what it was yeah (laughs) exactly but andy's also kind of like just aloof in that sense so yeah He's that kind of retriever yeah. yeah apparently neutral milk hotel was kind of popular among the writers so that's why they put it in there mike sure cool. aziz um and alan yang went and saw them like a couple times together okay. so i cool. i had to look up if they were real because i have not heard of them before so yeah. yes yes that's that's what i found yeah. that they're from louisiana they're a real oh, nice. band 1989 yeah. to 1998 is when they were pretty popular and then they were um not present or whatever you know how wikipedia mm-hmm, does that like mm-hmm. inactive or they were inactive i guess right. and then they came back 2013 to 2015 okay. so got it yeah, yeah i remember hearing about them in high school and stuff but i wasn't like a huge listener mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i definitely could see april listening to it like the smiths or something you know what i mean yeah yeah um but anyway, so now we're back at the park's office where uh, Ron is telling this little girl that it's unsettling having her in the office. And well, um, yeah. Sorry. This is. No. I have this note here because I'm like, why? She says, my report is due tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What is the planning of this teacher? Oh. Like that you're bringing the kid. Now, I'm assuming they did some sort of government research beforehand, right? So they know a little bit what they're going to write. But like, even in fourth grade, I'm like, you're going to give them an essay to take home at the end of the day to write for tomorrow? Yeah. Like, sorry, I just was like, interesting. I didn't even think about that. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was just like, they're just going to write a couple sentences. (laughs) I don't know. Fourth grade, even, even an essay in fourth grade, you know, I feel like was two pages written at least. Yeah. You know, so it's like I was like, I don't I don't know if I Well, she only had one page technically. Yeah, <laughs> it was a long page. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I don't know. But that, that's sure. I was just like, it's due tomorrow. Like, that's what it was for me. It was like also like, mm-hmm. what if the kid was sick and couldn't come to the. So oh, I don't know. True. I don't know why my brain does. It this. got deep. <laughs> Well, you yeah. were a teacher, so you were thinking about it from your perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and yeah, I mean, give it a day. Having more time, I suppose, would have been helpful. Yeah. Um, But but Ron is saying, like, asking what her report is on, and it's why government matters. And so Ron sees this as an opportunity to, like, talk about his beliefs. Um, That line of government being a greedy little piglet that sucks on a taxpayer's teat until they have sore, chapped nipples. Woof. That Mm. was descriptive. (laughs) Yes. And I love the line. I'm going to need a new, a different metaphor to teach this 10 year old. Right. I like the self awareness. That's what I was going to say. Because sometimes we don't have it here with Ron. Yes. But he totally. was aware enough to not say that. Yeah. So 100%. kudos to him. Yes. It does remind me of Leslie's line later in the series when she's like, oh, your metaphors are so poetic. And it's something very like awful and descriptive like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
So, by the way, this gal's name, Lauren Burkus, uh, in real life, she was played by Alyssa Schaefer. She has been in Happy Feet, Just Like Heaven, Daddy Daycare, a bunch of other stuff as a kid. I didn't see anything on um, IMDb past 2011, which is when this uh, came out. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure if she's still acting, um, but she was born in 1998. So um, she's 24 now. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy to think about the passage of time in that sense. But great job to Alyssa. She did wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so Ron says he's going to teach her everything she needs to know about government. And she says, you have mustard in your mustache. And I love that. Don't sass me, Burgess. <laughs> yes. Love that. Yeah, it's great. Then we got the life, liberty and property. Yes. I was confused by this. Did you look him up? I did. Yeah, he was a uh, he it was a fixture in politics in like the 1600s into yeah. the early 1700s. So he was around for like, we weren't a country yet. Right. Well, um, I was but confused that was because the... one of his like things that I found in my research was showing that he's the father of um, liberalism. And I, so I was like, hmm, intriguing. Mm-hmm. But maybe liberalism meant something different than it does now because it said that he was an English philosopher and he was the first one to say that a government should be beholden to the people rather than vice versa. So that definitely mm. tracks. Like he became one of the first people to suggest that if like a people disprove uh, or disapprove of their government, then they should, you know, possess the power to change it and, um, you know, do what they need to do as they see fit. So and that like idea apparently came to be known as what's called the right to revolution. So mm. I could totally see that part definitely so I was just confused by the liberalism part but again you know we used to have um, in Hamilton even it was like what is it Uh, Democratic Republicans like and so like everything with the terms I feel change throughout history so yeah I think it's I think it's uh, it's everything it's molded it's it's changed with the times Mm -hmm. I think even now I think we're now we're in this time where most people are pretty logical and the loudest are the ones that are, you know? So yeah. I think we just kind of have it over the years, it's just kind of shifted yeah, with the times. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But the point is that he said, I mean, that he believes what Ron believes where like the people should be in charge essentially. Yeah. So that's how he's explaining taxes. Um, not yet, but that is what John Locke yes. is from. Um, so now Leslie and Ben are listening to whale sounds if you are there. <laughs> yeah. Why? I just can't. I know. It's so funny. Um, then Ben changes it and Let's Stay Together by Al Green comes on. And Leslie's yes. like, what the hell? <laughs> oh Screw, my God. Sue me. I want them to get together. I know. I yeah, we that. cut to Anne saying she snuck that song in there. I feel like we would totally do that for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. There would have been more than just one song. Yeah. It would have been like, yeah, I'll put the whale so- sounds in there. But like, here's mm-hmm. like five romantic songs you can listen to. Right. Which honestly, for the for the it's for the best because this is like the first non awkward conversation they've had in this totally. entire car ride. Yeah. Um, and they're getting to be themselves. And the sh- just the shitty thing of it is when the- they're themselves, they're really attracted to one another. There's mm-hmm. this like honest chemistry between them. And that's, I know that's what Leslie was avoiding, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I don't even think it's like this romantic song that did it. It was a song that put them at ease, you know, exactly. That's and true. wasn't weird. Yeah. You know? Totally. So, Ugh. 
Love that. Because that's, well, like you said, they're talking about hotels in and out of city limits and stuff Mm -hmm. because this is the rule for the baseball game to be in Pawnee. Um, And I don't know. I thought it was really interesting because Ben was like, it's a silly rule. And in my head, I was like, that's a parallel for the silly Mm -hmm. rule of Ben and Leslie not being together. Which Anne (laughs) said in the in the cold open, that's a dumb rule. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then we start our conversation about loving a hotel towel and soft towels and bath mats. And I thought um, when I don't know why, when I was watching this, I thought she said bathrobe at first. But then mm. obviously it said towels because I think I was projecting because I love a good bathrobe. Mm. Um, my mom does, too. My mom actually has one from Dollywood that she got like two or three years ago and she wears it all the time. It's so soft and floofy. It's nice. Ooh, I love soft things. Me too. I feel like I feel like this conversation, too, is a complete emulation of what we were saying earlier, where it was like. It doesn't matter that these topics are boring. It matters mm-hmm. that they're like, why would anybody want to talk about this? Because mm-hmm. now we're on a topic that like, I wouldn't consider talking about right. towels exciting, but they're connecting on it. Yes, exactly. Like it's not you know? sexy, but it's still like something that they agree on. Yeah. <laughs> and and her- to your point, it's a personal experience. Right. That's right? true. And that's why John Hopkins was a good choice because mm-hmm. there's no personal experience. So th- I think that's it too is like. Yeah. They're, now they're. It doesn't matter that they're talking about towels. They both connect because they like f- soft things. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then we have this cute moment of Ben getting an eyelash off Leslie, which like is so cute, but also dangerous because he's driving. But <laughs> I, I had that written. I was like, bro, like it was not harming her. Like it was not going to go in her eye. Like you could have focused on the road. But oh. it is cute. It's and such make a, a wish. Moment. I love that. Yeah, I know. And then it's the moment is broken by the Mandarin speaking, and she's like, "Get off me!" And he's like, "Oh, uh, okay." I'm like, also a great line. I'm allergic to fingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I'm just gonna like not talk to you and just focus on the presentation. Oh, yeah. it's so awkward. It's and so weird awkward and sad. Yeah, I know. <sighs> this um, this Mandarin in the background, mm-hmm. um real weird <laughs> because and I this is a question I had and I couldn't find anything on it I don't know if I just didn't look hard enough I wanted to know if it was a legit recording or mm. if they made it for the oh. the car because it says that the topic is um, getting around town mm-hmm. and then they say where are you going which mm-hmm. is Chunar when they what they say mm-hmm. um, and it re- literally translates to go where <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and um but then they say this is my brother Joshua Didi. And I'm like that's different. That why were you talking about your brother when you're talking about getting around town? <laughs> so now I'm like I don't know if this is like an actual recording yeah. cuz that's completely different topics. You would you would probably put that in like the family topic. So Interesting. I don't know. The, it the the translation is 100% correct. However, like where where I learned in Beijing, you would have said Joshua Didi cuz the the makes it possessive mm, okay but okay yeah. that's cool yeah i don't know i didn't find anything in my research about like where they got this recording from or if they made it specifically mm-hmm. for the show um but yeah that would be interesting to know yeah yeah so. i mean you never know i i'm in a unit of deal duolingo right now mm-hmm. for spanish that's like talking about the weather and i have yet to talk about the weather so it could very (laughs) well just be how they structure these things i was thinking that too they have a lot of random stuff i feel so yeah yeah Yeah. so um speaking of which this is random um 
and I'm sorry about it. But so again, if you need to skip 15 seconds ahead, you can. But when I was learning Spanish in high school, when you would say like, I am eating, you would have like an ando at the end. But where the ones that I'm doing hmm. um, now, it's just saying like, comemos pan means we are eating bread. And I was yeah. like, that's weird. Because that's well, not like how you're huh. taught in high school. That's weird. The ando, like where mm-hmm. where would that be? Like comando? comiendo or comando or however it's pronounced. Huh. And Spanish, like I talk to Spanish teachers um, now, or my, one of my friends is a Spanish teacher and she says that she's taught that before, especially Latin America. And I have a friend in San Diego who said he's heard that before and he speaks Spanish. So I don't know. I guess but it's they just don't like, use it. No, he uses it. Um, yeah, he uses it. But like he's just saying you don't have to. Yeah, because like literally, like directly translated, comemos pan just means we eat bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're saying that like it me it's saying we're eating bread or they are eating bread. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the I don't conjugation know. or something. Yeah. Huh. But anyway, yeah. so that's what I'm learning on Duolingo. <laughs> yeah, I did not. Yeah, I did not use a comiendo. I didn't take any Spanish growing up because I took yeah. Mandarin. So right. this is all very new to me. So right. that's very interesting. But like when you're speaking with um, Ivan or like his family and stuff, they don't use that. I've never used comiendo with them. Okay, it sounds familiar. Like Like they could have used it, but for ings, because that's what it is. Think about it. Like the ando and endo is like ings for words, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess now I know I don't have to. So whatever. Yeah, it trans. Anyway, I mean, they'll still know what you're saying. I would (laughs) would have to pay more attention to that. Yeah, because because most of the time they speak so fast, I'm just like picking out the words I know and then putting it together in my brain. Oh my gosh, it so. is very fast. Ugh. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um. Well, there's a deleted scene here actually where they're playing punch buggy. Did you ever play that game or hear of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I had a brother. That was so funny. Of course, we played punch buggy. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Ben punches Leslie and says like punch buggy yellow, and Leslie's like, "That's not fair. You're taller than me. You can see more things." And then they laugh and have this like moment where they're staring at each other because obviously that was like a weird thing for her to say. Yeah. Um, but Leslie's like, and so they have this like chemistry again, like the eyelash thing, and Leslie's like, "No, stop. This is dangerous. Stop this." <laughs> but I thought that was cute to bring back yeah. that kind of like timely thing. Oh <laughs> yeah, punch buggy. It's a it's a great road trip game too. It's a great punch road buggies trip game. are not that that common. So right, mm-hmm. that's why I it's know, a good I'd game. Never see them now. So fast, hardly ever. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So now we're actually at the presentation, and a lady comes out and says the delegation from Pawnee is up. Um. This gal's name is Jay Renee P- Pena, and she's been in SWAT, Scandal, Young Sheldon, Party of Five, a ton of things. Wow. She did a great job, and I have been talking to her manager, and so I hope that she can get us some information, and I'll add it in if she, if she does. Yeah, that's awesome. I noticed they're at um. There's like a sign, and I can't remember if it's right now or if it's like later when they're out. That says the Indiana Athletic Committee. Oh. Um, and the, it looks like it's being held at a hotel or a mm-hmm. conference center, kind of, yeah. is what it looks like. And it looks rather large. Um, and so I'm honestly like, I was kind of like, what else are they doing here? Is it just for the baseball? Or like, is are there different committees for each sport that they're trying to figure out oh, where they're going to hold all the stuff this year? Just because there's a lot of people there for 
for that. And then later, Ben Ben says, when we're done here, I'm like, Mm -hmm. you just gave your presentation and you know that you got it. So why won't you go now? But it made it seem like there's more events or something. Yeah, something else going on maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was like a whole conference situation, like a a Comic-Con, but a athletic con. (laughs) Yeah, which would be cool. No, but I mean, maybe if it was like, you know, some sort of like... These are the events we have going on this year type thing. I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting because in my head, it was always they were just going up there to give that presentation. And now, obviously, when I'm paying more attention to everything, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's a good observation. Um, There is another guy on the committee who says um, he needs to bring up what happened last time when Pawnee held the event. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. That little clip is so funny with Purd and his 1980s hair reporting that the field it's was so overrun. well done. Yes. yes. And I you really show all the clip of the raccoons. I thought that was great. Yeah, with the kids and everything. Yeah, the the, the whatever film they used or the mm-hmm. um, filter to make it look older was great. Yeah. Um, and then I tried to like look at what the parents were wearing because there's a very cl- short clip like where mm. they show the stands. And I couldn't, I mean, I can't really tell from the angle yeah. and whatnot but I, I i knowing parks and rec i feel like they did their best to make the clothes look older too definitely well so. actually it's funny you said that because there's a whole deleted scene here where um first of all i noticed i don't know if you noticed but in the top right corner it says september 30th 1989 was oh, I didn't, when they i didn't notice that had that <laughs> so that was a good detail for them to have that on there but there was a whole deleted scene here where Purd is actually interviewing ron about what they can do about ra- uh, raccoon attacks and oh, wow. um Ron was I took a picture of it I'll post it Ron was wearing this kind of like 1980s 1990s like windbreakery type jacket thing um, so they definitely tried to make it you know of the time and weirdly I don't know I don't think this is why they cut it I think it was just funnier to have like a tiny little segment or whatever but weirdly Purd was so like coherent and competent when he was asking questions to Ron and I was like this is out of character yeah <laughs> <laughs> why but is he Ron making said, sense Right. Why is he making sense? Um, Ron is basically like, it's your property. Like, you can take care of it. I have problems on my property all of the time. Like, whatever. You know, you can deal with it since I deal with it. And then it's really funny, actually, because... Purd actually says after he's like kind of done um, interviewing Ron, he says to the camera, next up, a study on whether cigarettes are dangerous for your health. And Ron is smoking a cigarette and he's like, God, I hope so. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I know, man. I will post that picture of what he looked. Uh, Ron, it's funny. Ron, I feel like in every picture of the past, he looks exactly the same except for maybe his clothes are different. <laughs> they didn't do anything different with his hair. Right. Well, because, yeah, that would look like somebody would do that. Look right. like Ron in the 80s, too. So, yeah, he's I mean, he hasn't changed. That's what we know about him. Um, The guy who brought up the raccoon problem on the committee is named John Sloman. He was in six episodes of Mad Men. If you watch that show, oh. the Ugly Truth movie, um, Grey's Anatomy, Law and Order. Like he's been in a bunch of things. And I've been talking to him as well about his time on the show. So and he said he would be interested in sending us some voice voice memos. So I will definitely play those, too. Yeah, 100 percent. That's awesome. I got the job on Parks and Rec from a regular audition that my agent sent me on. It was in Dorian Frankel's little office, uh, tucked into Hollywood there. And uh, it was uh, very nice to meet her for the first time. She was lovely. Well, it was wonderful to work with. 
uh, Amy Poehler and Adam Scott for sure. I had always admired them both. Uh, start with Adam, you know, he's such a wonderful, versatile actor. And um, they always say that it's great for a TV actor to have a big head and a smaller body. And uh, we had always laughed about how Adam Scott has this enormous head. I actually met him one time at a friend's house, and he does. He has this enormous head, and it's so perfect for TV. I think it's one of the reasons why he pops so much on television. I mean, he's also a fantastic actor. And uh, anyway, so it was wonderful working with him. But Amy, you know, oh my God, Amy Poehler. You know, I had admired her for so long. She had made me laugh so hard in my life. And there she was, and she entered the room. It was this beautiful old um, uh, room in some historic building um, in in L.A. Uh, and um, she entered the room. It was like the, the sun came out, you know. And uh, she came over to me. And she said, hi, my name's Amy. And I, she stuck out her hand. I said, oh, I'm John. And she said, over her shoulder to the crew and to the everybody in the room, she said, oh, John has a great handshake. He came to play today. I like that. I like that handshake. John came to play. And it was <laughs> the start of a great couple of hours. You know, it, it didn't take long to shoot the scene. And, um, you know, uh, I, I loved working with, uh, with my, uh, my little co-star there at the table. She was great. And um, we got what I thought was going to be the final take. You know, every, the, everyone seemed pleased. And then they asked for another take. And I'm like, oh, I was surprised okay gonna do another take and um out of the gate when they uh said uh, action amy um told like the punchline to a joke i can't remember exactly what it was but it was something like and the penguin said i'll have a scotch and soda and i looked at her and she looked at me and i and i thought oh my god my thought bubble was Oh my God, am I going to get a chance to improv with Amy Paul? Oh my God. And off we went. And we went on script and off script. And we covered all the material we needed to in the scene. And they yelled, uh, you know, they said cotton. And I felt I, like I had been on this wonderful roller coaster ride uh, with Amy Poehler. And, um, it was, you know, I've been in show business a long time, and it was definitely one of my top five experiences in all my time in the business. Thrilling. That's awesome. Um, so this gal says that Muncie is bigger, Bloomington's more central, so what's the advantage of doing it in Pawnee? And this is such a special moment. It is a really special moment. I also wanted to point out Muncie is larger and they give Jerry shit all the time that that's where he wants to go. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just think it's funny because, well, I mean, I don't know. For me, it would be like going to Memphis or something as opposed to like Paris. 
<laughs> or like, oh yeah, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I feel think... like Jerry would pick that over like Italy anyway. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's funny because then I what I what I picture is it's like us because. Prescott's kind of tiny. It'd be us being like, we're going to go spend the weekend in Phoenix or Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, which is more affordable than trying to go to like Chicago or something. Right. right. You know, so that's how I I pictured oh, it. Oh, like He is going to a bigger town. Like, yeah. I always thought Muncie was tiny. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why they're making fun of him because he was going to a, like a smaller town that yeah. has nothing. I think they're just making fun of him because he goes there on vacation all of the time. And Very like, true. And like he says, that's his favorite place in the world, <laughs> as okay. opposed to like if you were Fair. to go to Phoenix for a for a weekend trip, it's like it's oh, not right, my it's... favorite place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I yeah. still th- I mean, obviously, it's still stupid that they're making fun of him because Pawnee literally says or Leslie says that Pawnee's literally better than Paris at one point. So yeah, yeah, who's who's yeah. really, you know, crazy. <laughs> it, yeah, I think more so it was like a, it was just eye opening for me because I always pictured Muncie being like. Tiny. like a small little baby town so, yeah yeah but also but, uh yeah. sorry the the other p- no. piece of it was the 12 they have 12 baseball diamonds which seems like a lot who does Pawnee does yeah oh yeah for okay. for um for a them not have yeah and not having a lot of money for the parks department yeah um but i do like that they have comfy seats for their larger than typical yes. c- citizens i know i love that line too that's funny uh-huh. i yeah. know and i wonder how uh like when you said 12, I totally forgot that detail. I wonder like how usable all of them are. <laughs> like, oh, very true. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I would assume that if they got the job, obviously, or got the thing that they would have, you know, renovations if they needed it or cleanup crews or whatever. But um, yeah, but well, they fine. would they would probably get money from the oh, league yeah, for right. holding it. Um, right. I just don't know when you when you get that money, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the dry t- the draw to it. This is what I am equating it to is like Mm -hmm. the Olympics or the World Cup, right? Mm -hmm. You have to go and petition, which is is cool because I never knew I never thought about you having to do that at this level, like at Mm -hmm. the little league level. Um, You have to go petition and then they vote and then they choose who's going to be there. And the the big hype for you holding the Olympics in your country or the World Cup in your country is that you're bringing hundreds of thousands of people Mm -hmm. to come spend money in your country, basically. Right. Right. So I'm assuming hopefully the the committee would provide some funding to the to the city to make it happen because you're not going to have thousands of people there like maybe hundreds Um, but yeah I don't know that's that's what I would think but people don't realize too like when you live in the midwest or like the east like where there's a lot of snow and stuff there's a lot more upkeep that you have to do with with parks and whatnot because the snow like when it melts it it can create just a complete mud mess and if people go out there and play on the field when they're not supposed to it just makes it worse so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah very good point how much of them are usable yeah (laughs) but that's that's cool that they i forgot about that they would probably be given money too i hope so yeah it's my hope for them yes same but this is such a really moving speech but all from ben about Pawnee. but it's also such a great illustration of the arc that he has uh and his trajectory Mm. of since he first came here because he's so passionate about Pawnee, and like it's just such a change because if you'll remember um you know back in the first episode he very adamantly and very rudely and meanly says Pawnee is not special and that's why Mm -hmm. we hated him at the beginning yeah and that's something that we will never forget and now he's saying this town is special and Mm. there's no doubt about it and i was just like 
Oh my God. It's just so lovely to see that. Like, I don't think, I mean, obviously it's powerful as a viewer, but just like doing all the behind the scenes and like really getting into the mm-hmm. nitty gritty of like each character's like trajectory and growth. I was like, oh my God, this is so lovely to see. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah, it's really powerful. I think the he was, he's made a full 180 on, yeah. on all of it. Yeah. So it's, totally. it's interesting too. Leslie's like not looking at him. I know it's very I thought that was weird too not weird yeah. but like could, very interesting but I, yeah I couldn't tell if it was like me like Amy Puller didn't know if the camera was on her if it was a very pointed choice of like I don't want to look at him while he says yes yeah. I'm gonna um, say it's that <laughs> yeah no and I would say with how what we know of Amy Puller it's probably mm-hmm. more of an intentional choice it was just interesting because mm-hmm. it's like she was almost trying not to like what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Well, know, and I think the camera zooms in on him too um, mm-hmm. at the end or whatever. So that the story slash the speech really does become about him and about yeah. like what he's saying and how he's grown because of Leslie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So um, maybe it is. It's like, this isn't about their connection and her, right. her loving that he's saying this, this is about him and his, his character. I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah, that's just how I felt with it. But yeah, no, sure I can get on board that 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. And I like it. Like, I feel like obviously when I was like a teenager, right, if I was watching shows, I was like, where's the romantic part of this? You <laughs> yeah. know, um, I think more as I've been an adult, I think at least in my 20s, I kind of took a turn of like, OK, why does this romantic relationship mm-hmm. need to be here? This is forced or mm-hmm. I really appreciate moments like this where it's like, yes, there is a romantic relationship, but that's not the point. Right. Right. So right, I, right. I appreciate Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, now we're back at No Yaboo. <laughs> and again, Jerry and Donna are still crushing it. April and Andy are still just not connecting. Andy's being very childish um, and yeah. very like, you know, petty about it. And I was just like, okay, we're just drawing on what we already talked about. Yeah, I just, there's there's different thoughts here. First, okay, first of all, all the questions are going about Donna and April. And they're, both of the ones we've heard have been sex related. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this is doing. Um, but the the piece here is we're seeing, luckily, because this is a, this is a, uh, a relationship that started and escalated very quickly. Yeah. Um, with two of the youngest people in the staff. Mm-hmm. Like, and, but we don't see them fight a lot, right? Yeah, totally. So I think it is kind of cool and it puts it in perspective. This is why I liked when they had Pam and Jim fight on the office. Right. Like, this is what a real relationship is. You don't just mm-hmm. get married and have a soulmate and don't ever argue about things. Right. Like, that's not what real life is. Mm-hmm. So I like. I like that piece of it. Um, and I like the piece of it that it's a small thing. Mm-hmm. It's not an end the relationship thing. Because I think when we watch dramas, a lot of times it's end the relationship right. things. And that's not what all fights in a, in a marriage are either. Yeah. Um, so I think I really like that piece of it. Um, but then there's this piece where you can see how young they are mm-hmm. in it. Because Andy's taking it really personally. And April is not communicating. She's she's communicating that he, this band is important to her, right? But I don't think they're they're meeting in the middle and having like a, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate you and I I of course love your band, but yeah, you know, um, 
Yeah. I don't, I also don't like, and I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. I don't, I don't necessarily like, although I kind of get it, that April's the one that feels like she has to fix it. That's exactly how I felt. That is exactly how I felt. I was like, why is April the only one that's apologizing? Yeah. Like Andy didn't say sorry or like have any sort of remorse. Like he gets over it because he's like, he accepts it and he's like, okay. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess it's more of like a, he was so hurt that he didn't know what he was like. I think he he had to say sorry kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I I I don't like that either. Yeah. I think he was so hurt. Like you're saying is blinded to the fact that he had also hurt April. Yeah. Um, And that's what I didn't like about the conclusion of their storyline here is April feels like she has to fix it. So she does what she has to do. And she goes to great lengths. We see totally. she does something you never would think April would do. Yeah. um, On a couple different counts. Um, But there's no resolution at the end. That's like, this is me showing you that I love you and I support you, but you also need to love and support me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so I I think that's what that last line was trying to do when he says, um, you know, she might not think that I'm the best rock star ever or whatever, but she loves me and I love her. Like, I think that Mm -hmm. was what that line was trying to do as far as like explaining that, you know, we accept each other the way that we are, even though we don't always love like exactly the same things kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I felt the same way. I was like, I don't hear any like, you know, remorse or anything from Andy. I guess it's yeah. just more of an acceptance thing on his end. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt too. But it, and I mean, I guess to your point too, as far as like showing that they do fight, they, at this point, what they've been together for like six months, like total kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, so um, I feel like it was nice for them to show like an actual disagreement because they have fought and stuff before but I feel like the fighting was more about like do you like me I like you like more of that yeah the beginning nonsense. stuff yeah yeah um so this again is like, communication issues right Just putting that out there <laughs> yes agreed <laughs> um anyway okay so we'll probably talk more about it when we get to that scene but yep. anyway <laughs> now Ron is back talking with Lauren Burkus if you are uh yes I just wanted to say um while all this is happening Tom still has sound effects going on in the background. Oh yeah, like booze and stuff like that, and which is it's kind of cool, but and... also like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that he has like this app or whatever on his phone. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So yeah. that was my last note for that. So I'm ready to go back to Ron. Okay. Yeah, I love that too. Um, so Ron's explaining how taxes work by eating a portion of. Um, Lauren's lunch and this is because this is the metaphor that he picked out um that is a huge bite for Ron I feel yes <laughs> that was so, so big I love this idea mm-hmm. I think this is a great way to to demonstrate what it feels to pay taxes <laughs> so this is how it feels to me yeah um and kids can't rationalize money the same way we can so doing it with her lunch but dude this is not your kid. Yeah. I think a more this, accurate thing would be potentially giving her a newer, nicer lunchbox to like show that those taxes go towards bridges and roads and yeah. cars and, you know, structure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Ron no. doesn't see that because it's not the government's job to do that <laughs> in his head. Yeah. In the in his head, yeah. And I think that's I, I appreciate what he's doing. Yeah. But I think there was a less intrusive way to do it right well and obviously it's ron so it's biased it's not like factual i mean i guess it's like based in what actually happens but it's like you know it's based on opinion (laughs) for how he like yeah like what you're saying 
you're saying is like, yeah, you're he's not showing what happens out of the taxes. Right, 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 right. (laughs) So, Lordy. Did you notice that the juice box is from Sweetums? I did not. Oh, my God. They put Sweetums on everything. I thought that was so cute. Well done. Oh, so great. I never noticed it before this. Yeah. Um, Okay, so now I'm at where Ben and Leslie are cheersing, if you are. Yes. And I love that Leslie's having this honest moment because usually I feel like she is very, you know, like I did do it kind of thing. But I love that line of like, yeah, I usually do do it, but this time you did it. And I love that. It's um, different because other times when she's told that she did it, Mm -hmm. she'd be like, oh, no, but you, you did so much too, right? Yeah, yeah. And this time... There's that genuine, uh-huh. no, you're right. I yeah. usually do do it. Yeah. But this is not me. And I think that's what the difference is. Because like even like even in the last episode when we were doing the coffee maker thing, mm-hmm. like, you know, she's not blaming anyone or taking, you right. know, taking full out responsibility. It's, you know, just she's that like, very I'll just kind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is this is just in your face. Like I accept that I do most of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes the the compliment to Ben. Yeah. More I love more that special. acting from her, too. It mm-hmm. was so nice. Oh, very well done. Ugh. Yeah. And then we have the photographer coming over to take a picture. And Leslie's so awkward because Ben asks if they should go eat because he got a recommendation from Chris. And then mm-hmm. Leslie's asking the photographer, dude, like, hey, you want to get dinner with us, photographer person? Well, you missed out. <laughs> yeah. Great burgers do you there. S- <laughs> do you s- how do you, you don't even know where we're going. <laughs> well, I'm sure they have great burgers. <laughs> That was the best thing you could ch- choose that yeah. probably every place has. True. So, um, you notice the photographer like looking off into yes. space and like walking away. Like this is so fucking awkward. Totally, I loved that moment. It was oh really my good. god, he yeah. was just like genuinely confused and awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I honestly, it's funny because this is the first time I really looked at it and noticed. Like, I don't think Leslie's that upset that the photographer couldn't go. Oh, like she literally says, well, I tried. I tried, <laughs> but it's almost so defeated to me. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, both. it's the, yeah. It's the first time though that I was like, you know, it's not necessarily completely like, I feel devastated that I have to do this mm. and go to dinner with Ben. It's more, it's more like, you know, she, it was like a, well, I tried type okay. thing. I can get the what the side that you're saying, but yeah. that's the, this is the first time I've kind of looked deeper into it, being yeah. like, "Huh, maybe she's she just wanted to show that she had like put tried. her effort in." Hmm. I like Ben's awkward laugh too. Like after they take, I don't know if you noticed, it was very fast. Like after they take the picture, he was like, huh. <laughs> it's "Like, oh my god, that's perfect." Um. This photographer is played by Todd Berger. He was on a bunch of things as an actor, but he's also a really big writer and director, which is really cool. Oh, cool. Um, he wrote The Happy Time Murders, which stars Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Banks. It's like a Muppet type situation. Um, okay. Yeah, and he wrote a bunch of Smurfs movies, the second um, Kung Fu Panda. Like, he's done a oh, lot. Cute. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and really I didn't cool. really see a bunch of stuff that I was familiar with as far as like what he's acted in, but he's a huge writer and director. So good job, That's Todd cool. Berger. Um, nice. Then we are back at the office and Ron is saying that FDR ruined the country. And then this is when her teacher comes and collects her and is like, OK, ready to go. Um, 
And this teacher's name is Donna Silverberg. She was in Scary Movie 2, Cheaper by the Dozen, House. Um, the last thing she did on IMDb was this episode of Parks. So I'm not sure what she's up to now. So huh. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really love that Ron says to Lauren that she's much smarter than most of the people who work at City Hall. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. Yeah. I don't want to. I like was going to make comments about it that like I can feel that sometimes. Yeah. For sure. I think a lot of people think that. too. <laughs> yeah. I, I also love that like Ron is probably the least likely in the office, maybe next to Donna, that you're like that person would maybe not be good with kids. Right. And, right. 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 And he's he's taken to her. He took he took the bull by the heart, horns and like he had like it seems like it was a positive interaction. Even totally. Though, I mean, you know, yeah. he might not have shared <laughs> yeah. the best of things. It was a positive interaction for him. And we got to see this side of Ron that I don't think we've ever really gotten to see before. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, now that you say that, I don't know who would be good besides Leslie to talk to her about government. <laughs> <laughs> no, I specifically about government. I don't know. I I can see Jerry being good with. Kids, oh, yeah. Though. With kids. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking more about with kids. Yeah. That's like who would be good with kids. Tom is like like a child himself. So I think he would do well with kids. Yeah. Um, April, maybe not. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That'd be interesting. Andy. Oh, Andy would be great with kids. Yeah, totally. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, Well, then he makes a step further of maybe inappropriate uh, actions when he gives her the landmine to protect her property. Best of intentions, but no. Um, I yeah. in my research I found that it's actually a claymore mine, and there's a difference between a claymore mine and a landmine, and I did not know that huh. claymore mines can I be detonated. Um, so yeah, claymore mines can be detonated with a remote or with like a tripwire, but landmines you just step on them and they explode. Uh. So I thought that was really fascinating to me. Yeah, huh? So very fascinating. Anywho. Sorry, this is a, such a side note, but I thought it was fascinating when I was there mm-hmm. in Prague. There's a communism museum. Oh wow! Um, f- for when uh, the uh, is it a con- is, is that what you would call it? I mean, sure. The um, when it was like Czechoslovakia before uh-huh, they uh-huh. got to be their own countries again, and they had the the Iron Wall and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, more um, guards, more Soviet Union guards died on the iron wall than people trying to escape because they would step on the landmines on accident. Oh, wow. Yikes. Not crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Oh, so many tools of war. Yes. But yeah, that's fascinating that he says Claymore landmine. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, so now we're at April um, and Tom talking where April tells Tom that her and Andy got in a big fight because of this game and that he Andy sold his guitar to Sewage Joe and he's quitting Gosh. music to like, you know, make up. And so basically he wants her to ma- or she wants him to make another version of the game. But yeah. I wanted to tell you there is a deleted scene here where they actually have footage of Sewage Joe buying the guitar and like he okay. asks how much uh, Andy wants for it. And Andy's like, you can't put a price on a man's soul. And he sells oh, it for gosh. $40. $40? That is a nice ass guitar. I'm pretty sure it's you, a tailor. Like, you can't oh even, my God. You can't even buy a beginner guitar at this point for $40. No. And Sewage Joe can't even play it. Like he just like <sighs> randomly strums and it's awful. And I was like, oh Jeez. God. <laughs> oh. And this is so impulsive of Andy. Yeah. It's, it's so very impulsive. Like, He's just so spirally for this, I guess. And so, I mean, maybe that's where the writers were going with this when 
um, they had April like make amends, but it's so weird. Yeah. So no, it's it's very weird. But Andy, um, I think it's really funny that Andy takes it so seriously when Tom, like on the new game, when Tom asks yeah. who makes the best mac and cheese in the universe. That is so yeah. cute. Yeah, I said he's very genuine in his responses. Mm-hmm. He's like, the yeah. universe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I love it. Yeah, so basically all the questions are about Andy. Like, Andy's the answer to all of them. And I thought it was really interesting that Andy, like, knows he's being tricked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought yeah. that he would be coherent enough to know that. I think he's so mad. Mm-hmm. Usually he's deliriously happy, right? Yeah, so stuff just goes over his head. But I think he's just so upset. Yeah. You know, I get when I'm mad or upset, it doesn't happen super often. But if I'm in that mood, mm-hmm. like more stuff pisses me off. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? true. Like that's if you're fair. already having a bad day. So like yeah. I feel like he's already so he's just e- more easily pissed off. And I think that's why he's he's able to catch it. I think yeah. typical Andy would not have caught it. Right. Right, right, right. And he has that okay. moment where he laughs, which I think is great. I know. I do too. He he's laughs. He's like so excited. Realizes it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I thought yes. that was great. So I also the um, caught that Tom, when April comes in, he's downloading a new Tommy Hilfiger iPhone app. And he's like, oh. finally. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, it made me think it's probably just like an app where you can maybe buy the clothes. Right. Would or be like, my thought. Yeah. I know Nike has an app too, where like you mm. take it in the store and you get like discounts and you can probably oh, you yeah, buy yeah. clothes and stuff That could too, be so. what it is too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Makes sense. Tommy Hilfiger yeah. is Tom's thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, now I'm at where Leslie and Ben are at dinner, if you are. Yeah. I thought this restaurant looks really cool. Really and, like, nice. Yeah. Really nice and fancy. They're laughing, having a moment. They have a whole bottle of wine. I think that is dangerous, number one. But number two is very fancy because every time I've ordered a whole bottle of wine somewhere, I've always been like, oh, man, we are like living the life. Luxury. We're legit. <laughs> yeah. Legit adults here. All right. Yeah. But no, yeah, that, I, that is interesting. Yeah. On a work dinner. Well, yeah, and especially when they don't want to have, like, a moment. But I guess maybe, I guess with two people, it depends. Like, if you're going to have two glasses each, that's four glasses. Like, you might as well get a bottle if it's cheaper, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Fair. So, anyway, I love that Ben finally starts talking about this. Well, and it's it's so cute that it's he's talking about, like, the town. Mm-hmm. So that he's, because he, I think he's kind of realized, like, I'm not going to get she doesn't want to talk about this. Yeah. So if I can, if I cannot blatantly come out and just say I like yeah. you, I can do this run around of like the town. Right. He's talking about the town, but he's really talking about Leslie. Yes, the town has really nice blonde hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. And he has this moment I thought where with his facial expression where he's almost kind of scared when he says, "Is it? It's not just me, right?" And he's like, "Oh God, maybe it is me." <laughs> At least like I don't know. His facial expression looked kind of nervous at first. But I relate with this so hard and I feel like even if you feel like you're getting signs from someone, mm-hmm. sure. I need I need to hear it. Like I can't yeah. just be like, "Oh, well, he touched my arm there mm-hmm. and he said this cute thing there." That obviously means like, "No, I need a straight up like." So I can understand that insecurity oh, like Oh, for sure. I feel like I'm getting vibes, but like I need you to tell me, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I loved that acting with him because he didn't mm-hmm. really do much with it. It was just in his eyes. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then Leslie obviously, you know, gives him that positive reinforcement and says, no, it's not just you. And she freaks out. And this is where she's just like, oh, God, what am I going to do? I just feel like she's so devastated and like, yeah, oh, 
freaked out. Um, Especially now that it's all out on the table. Mm -hmm. I think when it was unspoken, Mm -hmm. it was it was still like a now it's real. Yeah, now it's real. Now it's out there. Now they have to make a decision. Mm hmm. You know? So she's going to go to the Wiz Palace. <laughs> she's not going to call Anne. <laughs> Visit the porcelain. Yep. Right. Definitely not calling Anne. And not doing cooking. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. We have <laughs> we have a code Ben. It's not really code if you use his name. I know. I love, love that. that. I like that she says, I'm going to go make out with him on his face. <laughs> yes. It's so good. Uh, this is, I love that this whole scene, too. That whole like moment of... Uh, Anne reading it and then Leslie kind of reciting the same words back to her is mm-hmm. really cute because obviously Leslie wrote it. And I love yeah. that line of I've had two and a half glasses of red wine. And what that means is I'm going to go make out with him right now. And it's going to be awesome. Yes. <laughs> I love it's it. It's very cute when Anne is saying like, yay, it's very precious. Yeah. No, Anne, you're not supposed to to agree with me. No, <laughs> don't stop. I'm going to do it anyway. Yay. Shut up, Anne. <laughs> uh, love I think that. I I think like Leslie, and I don't know, I kind of was trying to put myself in her shoes, right? Like, because she had already made the decision she was going to do something. Yeah, oh, right? totally. She, but having the voice of reason there, mm-hmm. I feel like was solidification for her that it was worth doing it. Yeah, Like if totally. Anna was just straight up agreeing with her, I think she would have, that's why she didn't need Anne to agree with her. I think she needed right. Anne to, to be that, that no- Right. Like you can't for her heart to be like, but I wanted enough. And yeah. it's really funny because it's basically she's fighting with herself. And just yeah, one hundred percent. Anne is like so <laughs> is on the side of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. I love uh, this blocking here and the camera work here when she goes back to the table and the waiter mm. is blocking the other chair, so we don't know that Chris is sitting there until the reveal. Oh, yeah. Love that. Oh yeah, it's really it's really great, and your heart just goes. It just drops. Chris down. is such a boner killer. Ugh. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> this reminded yeah. me actually of Elliot on Scrubs. They have a whole like moment killer thing for her because like mm-hmm. um, JD and all his like whatever women that he's trying to take back. Like Elliot will just randomly enter the room and it'll say like moment killer underneath. It's so funny. Oh, that's um, awesome. There were so many bloopers here. Rob Lowe could not get through all of his lines. Um, I I couldn't find it because I think when I was reviewing this, yeah, when I was reviewing this, I didn't have um, the DVDs with me, but I just remember mm. seeing them. So if I if I find them on the next episode, I will I'll definitely play them. But Rob Lowe was just like not with it at this point. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. really funny. Um, Dang. And then he suggests taking a long walk or going for mini golf, which usually I love the idea of, but not now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they just want to go back to Pawnee. They're like, you know, we hit the climax of this evening and we're not resolving this now. We just want to go home. Right. Um, but Chris is, in, you know, kind of Chris forcing is, the issue to, to stay with him in Indianapolis, which I forgot he, I, you know, not that I forgot as a viewer, but in the storyline i'm like why do you need this place in indianapolis i know i was wondering that too so i don't know um interesting yeah basically he's like there's no reason to go all the way back to pawnee tonight like stay with me um and just a friendly reminder we talked about this when um in that episode when leslie was trying to find out who chris was cheating on and with quote unquote Mm -hmm. um that that uh area or that house apartment thing was somewhere in Hollywood and um, the condo or whatever and mm-hmm. it was like super hot apparently when they were filming it so they were really sweaty so it, in this episode 
Mm -hmm. Like at the house or whatever. Um, They're like in jackets and stuff too. I know, it sucks. And Mm. like suit jackets and stuff. Yeah, totally. I noticed that their plates are full of food, which means they have like a whole meal to get through basically with this weird awkwardness. I thought that was And they've already been through two and a half glasses of wine (laughs) with no food. I mean, I feel like they've been eating like slowly, but yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Thanks. Oh, God. Um, now we're at Chris's condo. Ben is wearing Chris's clothes. Like, are those mm-hmm. supposed to be sleep clothes? Because I feel like they're not. Oh, that's a workout shirt. Why is that a thing? Why didn't, yeah. isn't he in Chris's pajamas? <laughs> well, and I don't know if this is just a good, like, Leslie thing, but she, it, she doesn't say that she's wearing Chris's clothes. Right. So she must have packed her own clothes, but oh, they maybe. didn't plan on staying overnight. But I can see that being a Leslie thing. That's like, I'm going to a different city. Yeah. Like, just in case I'm going to have a pa- change of clothes. Yeah. That's totally Leslie. Yeah. Ugh, and then they get kind of close on the couch again. But Chris is, again, the boner moment killer <laughs> talking about yes. how much he pees because of how hydrated he is. Why is his bladder so small? 12 times? That sucks. That, hmm. How do you ever the get The size of a sleep? thimble? What? He's so I know uh, it's the line, exaggeratory. But is yeah. that a word? <laughs> exaggeratory? <laughs> it is now. It's my word now. Okay, I like it. I did Kinda look up if radish juice works best um like to lessen inflammation and it does it says it says okay. that it'll, it it yeah, lessens inflammation and alleviates um burning sensations when associated with urinary tract disorders. So, oh. Yeah. Apparently, it's also effective in flushing out excess toxins that build up in the system, uh, and it prevents infections in the kidney. So, this is real. Huh. PSA. Yep. Um, The toilet flushing while they're having their moment is a really good detail. Super fun. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. It's great. And it gives you a little warning. Hey, Chris is coming back. Exactly. Oh, my God. They're watching the NASA channel. Oh, are they? That's funny. Yeah. I tried to figure it out, because there's one very clear clip where you can see, like, a needle... And like, uh, it looks like some sort of cartridge being put somewhere else. Mm. I was like, what the fuck? And then the next yeah. time you see the TV, there's a NASA emblem on the top. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Maybe it was like free royalty TV. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so then Chris asks Ben if now, like now that he's up, like, do they want to boggle? And I was like, oh my God. Do you, I had to look up what boggle was. I didn't know what it was. It's a game. I don't think I've ever played it though. Yeah, it's a word game. It reminds me of like Scrabble, but it's like on this like Rubik's Cube looking thing and you like huh. flip the letters. Um, but anyway. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> and also like it's late. Like, no, I don't want to yeah, bother with you. Yeah. Go back oh to bed, man. Anyway. So now we are at um, Lauren Burkus's mom coming in if you are. Love it. Yes. Love it so much. This is our Jessica St. Clair that I talked about at the beginning. We see her yelling at Ron Swanson for giving her daughter a grenade and eating her lunch. Um, In my message, I told her I could totally see her doing this in real life because she talks about her daughter on the podcast. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. That was funny. (laughs) That's cool. Um, Ron's really proud of Lauren because her mom shows her the report that she wrote and saying, why is government important? And she wrote, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Which... Is in line with what Ron was teaching her. He, so, yeah, she did take the assignment from Ron. <laughs> she understood the assignment. Ron yes. did not. <laughs> right. I do love when um, she cuts him off, when her uh, Lauren's mom cuts him off, because he says it seemed appropriate at the time. And she's like, how? how? 
I it just was really that. good timing. So good. I love yeah, that acting there. Really well done. Yeah. I love this. Fourth graders are supposed to do cute reports and get gold stars. Yes. I love that too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice because I don't know about how everybody else grew up, but I grew up in an environment where everybody was supposed to be getting good grades and doing all the good things all the yeah, time. Perfect all the and, time. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that we just have this mom who's like, she, I just want her report to be cute mm-hmm. and for her to get a gold star like this is like yeah. you know that's what is supposed to be expected of fourth graders so yeah so, you know 100 percent. i like it well now i'm at where april is going to ann's house which is very out of character for her and i love yeah. that line of like you know this is my house right yeah <laughs> that ann says <laughs> yeah i think it just shows how important this is to to april but Absolutely. this is this is one of the moments where i was like she really shouldn't have to be doing this. I know. They should be able to sit down and have a conversation about it. But to be fair, I suppose, I don't know. I just wonder, I don't even think Andy would be able to say it the way that Anne does. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like Anne is making that good point about like, it's not about like, you know, being right. It's about being supportive. And Andy just wants to know that you like, like support him and his music kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Which um, is true. I think she did need Anne's, Anne's advice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't I don't know if talking to Andy. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know if talking to Andy would have really done right. much. Yeah, and it's tricky because April I feel is definitely being I mean, she's obviously the more like in touch with reality one, but mm-hmm. like she I see a lot of growth in this episode for her because she even says sorry to Anne when she's mean to her and yeah. says like, "Oh, I didn't realize you were a marriage counselor." And then yeah. she says sorry, and I was like, "Oh, she would never would have done that, you know?" Mm-mm. My instinct is to be mean to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I understand. But I think I think she's realizing like, "Hey, this person that I've I've always been kind of a bitch to, Mm-hmm. let me into her house and she she is giving me solid advice yeah. she's not trying to sabotage anything she's right. being a genuine person like yeah yeah i see maturity in april here um and i think that's that's one of those things in this relationship where i think we see a lot of maturity for april and i don't feel like andy's pushed to that in this yeah. episode yeah um at least in this episode i think yeah, he i think yet. he does mature as we go in the series but i think April is challenged to grow, and I don't think we see that with Andy in this situation. 100%. Well, now Chris is riding back with Leslie and Ben, and I don't understand this. Like, did he not drive up there? Did he leave his car at his house? Like, I what? have that note. I have that note exactly. How did continuity? Chris end up on the way back with them? Yeah. Yeah, bad continuity. And that's the continuity, continuity error because um, he drove up there. And he's going to need his car down there. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. The only I, it makes thing sense I could... to the story, but not. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I could see is like if somebody else drove him up there and like dropped him off or something, but which like, I guess in a very stretched world that could happen. But I just, yeah. yeah, it was, it was an oops moment, I think. <laughs> I, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But he did but, say that he read the History of the Ladder article, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. he's doing a great job. He's keeping that cock block right up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he thinks and then all he's of these into the things. banjo. Oh my gosh, yes, he's into the banjo. I feel like he's thinking all these things are kind of like sexy, exciting topics. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that Chris wouldn't talk to you about. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's real. so. I think that's the the point. Is like Ben's like, why the fuck are we talking about the ladder? And Chris is like, let's talk about the ladder. Right. I wanted to share with you this. Um, 
this blooper when they were doing the um <laughs> when they were doing the banjo thing. Oh my gosh, hang on. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was really funny because so he's making all those noises and it's kind of low, but you can see you can hear Adam Scott say like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I heard that. Yeah. Oh, Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So now Andy's at the shoeshine stand. If Mm -hmm. you are. Yeah. He hears that song, The Pit, playing. And this mm-hmm. is, like, so special and sweet. I know we have our qualms with, like, her being the only one that made amends. But it is such a special moment. And Andy is so into it. The whole band is there. Mouse Rat is in the courtyard. And April set it up so that they would that he would hear it. She got the guitar back by stealing it. And um, also, I think April's voice is good. I like April's voice. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza's voice, I should say. Yeah. Like, even when she sings the time after time, I'm like, you have a good yeah. voice. Yeah, I like I like it. This is it's it's such a sweet way to get to his heart too. Yeah, hundred because as a, I feel like as a musician, when you write music, one of the greatest honors is when people sing your yeah. songs because yeah. and they know the words, you know. So I think she really hit the nail on the head here with this for me. Um, the, the the question I have is, everyone from Mouse Rat just took like left work. I guess. To come do this. Yeah. She's like, I need help with Andy. And they're all like, okay. All right. (laughs) So. I know. I thought uh, Burley looked so happy. Alan Yang looked so young to me. Like, he looked like such mm. a little baby in this episode. I thought that was funny. That's funny. It looks like April, like, Aubrey's playing the guitar. She has her fingers set right, like, Mm -hmm. for chords. Yeah. Um, But the strumming doesn't add up to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I couldn't tell. Like maybe she was just informed of how to like hold it properly. Right. But then yeah. wasn't playing, you know. So. Yeah. I don't feel like she was playing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, and then this is the part where um, Andy's like April, you know, doesn't think that we're the greatest band in the world. But man, she loves me and I love her, mm-hmm. which is very precious. It is very precious. And they're totally um, going to do it later. Yeah, this is my <laughs> wife. <laughs> uh, Mark Rivers is there playing the drums. He's the one that wrote all the songs for Mouse Rat. So Beautiful. that is him. Yep. Um, and then I really like these extras, like these city hall workers that are so into it. Like, no, I just thought it was funny that no one's getting mad at them for being loud in the courtyard in the middle of a work day. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe it was after almost after work or something, but everyone's just like having a good time and thinks it's really fun. I'm sure it's really exciting for them in this government building that maybe not that much excitement happens. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- there's my question now that you've said that. What time of the day is it? Because we went to Indianapolis for a day and now they're on the way back the next morning Mm -hmm. has it been the same length of time for the people at the parks department because um it's hard to also imagine andy and april going home together and like how did they handle that you know yeah yeah interesting so Mm -hmm. i don't know it could just be one day for them and i feel like the um the games were all one day and then the next day was the you know the her stealing the guitar back and everything yeah, I can see that. I'm down with but. it. Anyway, so now we get to our all caps, oh my God, moment uh, when Leslie has this talking head at the beginning that says, you know, it's just not worth it. I love my mm-hmm. job. Ben loves his job. It's just not worth the risk. And you yeah. can totally see from the outside perspective, at least for me anyway, I was like, baby girl, you are lying to yourself. You're just lying yeah. to yourself. That's it. She's like, trying to, She's trying to be okay with it. She has to it. justify it for herself to make this okay. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, oh, God. And because it is worth it. It's totally worth the risk. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but obviously your you husband. don't know that because it's on the yeah. other side. Like it's the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, so she goes to Ben's office to drop off the receipts. And then this magical moment happens because Chris isn't around. And you're right. There's no buffer. So he just grabs her and magical and they kiss and I can't handle it. And I just love that. Uh Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. And I love this from Ben, because if we are putting Ben and Leslie together next to each other and you pick who's the more confident one, I'm going to go Leslie every time. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Ben walks in there and is like, fuck it, and just <laughs> yeah. grabs her. I'm like, oh, man, I know. That it is makes really it that special. much more preci- precious, you know? Yeah, that is special, I think, to kind of have the, you know, because she is so, like we just talked about, like kind of blinded, like, this is my job. I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So she kind of needs someone to be like, hey, listen. <laughs> yeah. I like that, too. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't know if Leslie would have ever done anything about it. I think eventually she might have, like, way later down the line, but it definitely wouldn't have moved this quickly if it wasn't for Ben just being like, uh, I have to I agree. do something. It would have been a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. I don't think she would have made the physical step without Ben. Yeah. 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 Um, That might, I don't know if that, that might be my favorite line. Literally just the uh-oh. <laughs> Just thought good. it was so funny and yeah. cute and like so loaded in that little thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. So well de- delivered too. Yes. Um, okay. So now we're at the tag. It's very mm-hmm. precious. Lauren Burkis comes back to talk to Ron and Ron is like, okay, you're young. Just do what's appropriate. And then when you're old enough, you know, you can basically be like me and drink and gamble and do all the things. <laughs> the drinking age is 21. Ugh, well. Another bad thing about the country. Yeah. But it is a, like you were talking about, I wrote that in my notes here where it is weirdly kind of a cute moment between Ron and this kid. Like I really enjoyed the interaction that they had and he's asking her to autograph the paper so that they can, he can remember that if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I really liked this. I, I felt like it was such an interesting, like creative way for Ron to be a part of the story um, because I don't know if he would have been involved in any of the other storylines that we were going along with. Um, yeah. So I really liked this um, this little C story, if you will. Yeah, I did too. I, I my last note for the episode is Oh Ronald, you softy. I know he is, and we I love that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't think about it when I'm watching, or I didn't think about it when I'm watching the show. But now, I mean, it's nice to see this moment versus when he is going to eventually have kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and I think that's exactly what I was thinking about here too is it makes it much more realistic for us as the viewer when Diane comes into the picture that you're like, yeah, he'll totally hang out with them because we saw earlier that he can. Right. Yeah. So. Yay. Yeah. Well, that was road trip. We did it. Road trip. Yeah. We Great times. Well, we only and we're have starting like, on what, the two ben? more episodes? What? Uh, is it really? Only two more? Yeah, this wow. this season only had like 14 or 15 episodes for some reason. Um, huh. I think it's because like we talked about, it started late. Um, they started filming late. And right. so that's why they had to squeeze everything in and they didn't have enough. Um, but then they still were like late. So, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah we, we have little Sebastian coming up in like two or three episodes oh, or something. So it's going to be crazy. Hopefully yeah, we'll be it able is. to You're get right. some that's people the- on. That's the um yeah that'd be great. That's the the finale. Yeah, so the yeah. bubble we have next week. Yep. 
craziness. We've started. We've started the Ben Leslie. Just. I know. Finally, Here my we God. Go. <laughs> yeah, that took forever. I love the, it feels like. Oh my God, it really did, especially with us analyzing it. Oh my God, I can't wait mm-hmm. for the um <laughs> the Ruth Bader Ginsburg like um when she's impersonating people in their sexy moments and accidentally butt dials Ron. <laughs> oh oh yeah. my God. Good so times. good. Awesome, you guys. Okay, well, don't forget to rate and review. Um, and I haven't really asked this, but I would love for you guys to like share the episode with someone who you think would enjoy it because it would be really fun to just spread the love of Parks and Rec. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I, people were very active again on the Instagram about the um, favorite talking head, which was really interesting and cool for me to see. So please stay engaged and yeah, keep doing that because it really helps me feel motivated. <laughs> um, and then, oh yeah, VIPP, I think for this one goes to Ben because he really lit a fire under his ass and was just like, fuck it, I'm doing it. Yeah, he took so it. So I'm really glad he about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, he took it. Yeah. And he got Pawnee to be, yeah. And he got Pawnee to be the Indiana Little League Association, whatever the hell place. So yes. that also is a big win. Huge. So Yeah. I love it. Also, side note, if you have not watched the most recent SNL, Aubrey Plaza does host. And there's oh, a yeah. little uh, little visitation from Amy Poehler in two little sections. Uh, Aubrey Plaza actually uh, redoes her role as April Ledgate on Weekend Update. And we have a little Leslie Note moment. So if you, you can find just Weekend Update by itself if that's all you want to watch. But I think she's a joy and I really enjoyed her. They let her do her old timey Janet Snakehole voice for one of the sketches. So oh, nice. it's a good one. Yeah, I um, I thought I thought Leslie like hadn't changed a bit. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. I don't know. She just she went back into that role so easily. Oh, yeah. But when you play it for like seven years, you know, well, and I feel like there's so much of Amy Poehler in her. Absolutely. Well, that's that. The reason I say that is because I feel like Aubrey has grown so much from being April. Mm. She didn't fall right back into that role. But Leslie did. Yeah. (laughs) In my opinion, obviously. She did great. And it was funny, I thought. But anyway. Yeah. But yeah, okay, well, um, let us know if you have any questions or would like to do anything else. But for now, we will see you next time for The Bubble, and we hope you have a wonderful week. Bye, guys. There's a park and some pals, and there's also therapy, too.